It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Keep your whole home running like clockwork. From the office to the game room with Xfinity Internet, you'll get the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. It just doesn't feel like summer without an ice-cold Coca-Cola in your hand. Stop by your local convenience store today and grab a 20-ounce bottle of Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Or pick up even more delicious refreshment with a 20-ounce bottle of Diet Coke, Sprite, or Fanta. So no matter how you soak in that summer sun, at home or on the go, grab an ice-cold Coca-Cola today and enjoy. This is the Cubs-related podcast presented by CubsInsider.com. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan. And folks, we are coming to you on a Wednesday, and I wish we had a better subject matter for you. I think all of you wish you were listening to a podcast with a better subject matter. But for today, we will be talking about the Cubs losing two of three to the Cincinnati Reds at Wrigley Field in the middle of a pennant chase. So isn't that fun, everybody? But that is what happens. And like we have seen with too many of these series recently, Brendan, the Cubs show up in game one. They have a nice effort. They get a nice win. And the rest of the series just goes down the toilet. And the Cubs drop Tuesday's game to Sonny Gray, who they could do nothing against, which isn't the most inexcusable thing in the world. Sonny Gray's been very good. What is inexcusable, however, is doing absolutely nothing against Tyler Maley, who came into the game with an over five ERA, and he beats the Cubs on Wednesday. The Cubs lose the season series to the Cincinnati Reds eight to 11, the final total for those 19 games against the folks from Cincinnati. And with a Cardinals win on Wednesday, the Cubs will start the four-game set at Wrigley Field, the final games at Wrigley Field in 2019, three games behind the St. Louis Cardinals. So, Brendan, I I will bring you in here, and I think this podcast is going to be a little off the cuff, just kind of running train of thought. Um, and for those of you waiting for the explicit episode, I, I think I've said before, it'll, it'll, it'll come when it deserves to come. And, we, you know, th- this team has some potential here to earn that in I mean, the next was a This was a, this was a close one. This though. was close. I did but, you know, debate doing that, but I, Yeah, I, I think if we're going to go off, we're going to do it when it's, you know, the official, it's over, it's time to go off. Uh, but uh. regardless, I think this podcast might strike a similar tone. Yeah. Um, so I'll bring you in here, Brendan. We often <sighs> say on this podcast that we try not to ask for specific things because it's baseball. Any team can win on every given day, et cetera, et cetera. But flat out, and, and putting this pretty blatantly, this is an unacceptable result 
from this team. This is a team that is done. Their season is over. They are not a good baseball team, and they came into your stadium and took two of three games, finishing it with just a trash pitcher in Tyler Malley. This was unacceptable, inexcusable, and in a lot of ways, a pretty embarrassing effort from the Cubs in this series against the Reds. And you can say the second game against Sonny Gray, right? Like, okay, you can see how that would have been a difficult game. Right. But to follow up, Corey, the next day against Tyler Malley, wasted, leadoff walks, terrible, absolutely mind-boggling, terrible base running. What? Again. Again, what is that, dude? And Look, the bullpen is in shambles right now. Kinsler is injured. Kimbrell is injured. I get it. It's difficult to manage. But when we are going through the end of this game, and half of Iowa's bullpen are now stables, that can't happen, dude. And I get injuries are a part of it, but this entire season has come to this point because the April games, the May games, the June games, the off-season decisions, the suboptimal managerial decisions have snowballed. We are 140 runs greater in run differential than Milwaukee. And we are tied, Corey, in the wild card. 140 runs. That's unacceptable, Corey. That should be almost a 14-game difference. What the hell is that? So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm heated. I'm this close to going explicit. And that is an unacceptable performance against that team in almost a seller. You cannot waste an opportunity like that. And they wasted it three games back of St. Louis, 10 games to go. That cannot happen. Yeah, so Mark Gonzalez from the Tribune tweeted out that Tyler Malley allowed a career-low tying one hit. He only did it one other time in 2018, also against the Cubs. Stop me if you're shocked to hear that one. And he surrendered his fewest runs since May 18th, somehow against the Dodgers. Uh, It is his seventh quality start in 23 starts this season. Again, guys, like baseball happens. It's a hard sport. And it's often very representative of the anything can happen on any given day kind of ideology. But this can't happen. This is just an unacceptable result in this series. And I think everybody would have been totally thrilled taking two of three. You would have picked up a game on Milwaukee. You would have stayed two back of St. Louis. And over the course of these days, you would have picked up a game on Washington as well. So all told, it would have been a pretty productive series. You would have been able to go into this series against the Cardinals. And again, like we've talked about, take care of business and the division is yours, or at least a playoff spot is yours. And, you know, we just see this feeble effort. And like you said, Brendan, it's we see more of the bad base running we see more of the mistakes in the field from various guys and like you also pointed out we end up in a spot like i get that injuries happen i'm not going to make excuses i'm not but when we end up in a spot where we are throwing Derek Holland, David Phelps, Dwayne Underwood, James Norwood in high leverage spots in must win games i don't care who you want to lay the blame at it it's just not a situation that we should be in and I know that some of you are thinking well no Javi no Rizzo of course we all are acutely aware that Anthony Rizzo and Javi Baez are not on the field Uh, but you're in this spot because of the way you have played over the last few months there's no excuses at this point You, you can't write this off due to injuries because you're only relying on winning these games because you clowned around for so long. How many times do we point out on this podcast how how long the stretch was that this team has been playing 500 or worse baseball? That is why you are playing must-win games with the Cincinnati freaking Reds in the middle of September. You have done this to yourself. You deserve to be in this spot with how you have played, and it's really disappointing, man. Like, you had such a good series against Pittsburgh. You scored all those runs, and it it really looked like a situation where this group was 
going to at least put their best foot forward during this final stretch and and go into these Cardinals games and and try to take care of business. And all of this is still on the table, right? And and like we've said, the the, the playoff spots are still there, the division is still there. So I'm not we're not writing this team off, but I, I think it's very fair to be pretty heated on a night like this one because this was a piss poor effort. The Reds move Luis Castillo from starting in this series. I mean, they did you a favor. They <laughs> they took their best pitcher and didn't even throw him in this series. Joey Votto doesn't play in one of the games. Like, this is just not a series that you can lose, Brendan. And again, like you said, games like the Sonny Gray one are going to happen. You Darvish was fantastic in that game. He got beat in one inning and he got it together, and he's striking out the entire world, right? And Sonny Gray has had a sub-3 ERA coming into the game. He was very good. He has been good. It happens, right? You you can accept losses like that, but you have to be able to come back and pay it off against a guy like Tyler Malley and some of these other guys in the Reds' bullpen. And it was just a feeble effort from the jump. Uh, again, errors on the bases, errors in the field. And when you talk, Brendan, about having such a higher run differential than some of these other teams that the Cubs are losing to or that they're in this playoff race with, those are the margins where this stuff gets exposed. Inconsistent relief pitching, inconsistent defense, inconsistent base running, like that is how you make up all those runs and and where you kind of close that gap a little bit in some of these games. So, I don't know, man. That was a, a very frustrating two days at Wrigley Field, and the the mood leaving that game on Wednesday night was, uh, uh, you know, another in the line of pretty strange ones. Like, you, you really feel the crowd at Wrigley Field in, in times like this really digging deep and trying to give this team every ounce of energy that they have. Every two-strike count in the in those high-leverage spots, the crowd is up. They're trying to will good things into existence, and they just can't make it happen, man. And again, like you, you've set yourself up now where, you know, now you, you need to really take care of business against the Cardinals. Like you have just set yourself up for a very difficult path here. You have let a Milwaukee team into this race. Again, we can go back to those last two series against the Brewers where the Cubs win the first game and they disappear for the rest of the series that one at Wrigley Field and the one at Miller Park. And now Milwaukee is tied with you. They have the, I I believe, the easiest schedule of any of the teams involved in this conversation. I don't think they play anybody that's above fourth place in their division for the rest of the season. And you're going to have to find a way to keep pace with all of these teams. And it's, it's a tough task. And it's a... Again, a situation that, unfortunately, this team sort of deserves to be in with the way that they play. And it's okay to be, like, upset. Like, this is not a time for, like, intellectual baseball talk, okay? Like, that that can be said during the offseason. It's okay to react. Like, I, like I'm pissed off right now. I, I, don't, I don't care how we got here. I am pissed off that they played like that. And Mally was on the injured list. For like almost two months, Corey, he came back on the 1st of September. This was his fourth start back since going on the injured list on July 22nd. Since then, he, in his most recent two starts, has gotten absolutely shelled, okay? In almost eight innings, he's given up nine runs, Corey, and he comes out making a spot start basically because of Luis Castillo being moved, doing the Cubs a favor, and the Cubs get one hit off the guy. Just one. Making dumb base running decisions again. Love Castellanos. Even that was a borderline hyper, that was a hyper aggressive decision. Even Jim Deshays is like, you know what? Don't really agree with that decision, even though it worked out. Those are pressing type decisions. And We'll get into the Madden stuff when the season ends, blah, blah, blah. I get it. But point being, to perform like this when the stage is set for you, you're playing the Cincinnati Reds. The Cardinals are playing the Washington Nationals. They just took two of three against the Nationals against Strasburg and Scherzer, and you do that to the Cincinnati Reds against Tyler Malley. Corey, what on earth? 
did we just witness there? And it's not to say that, and before I give, give you it back here, it's not to say the Cubs are not trying. That's that's not what we're saying here. It's just, it sucks to be in the situation where you're looking at Dwayne Underwood to relieve James Norwood because Norwood is the one that blew the game. That absolutely sucks. I don't care how we got here. That can be heavily diagnosed in two weeks, but to get to that point where half the Iowa bullpen is now pitching in these situations, in dire situations, in situations where the season is quite literally on the line, is mind-boggling, completely unacceptable. It's your home speaking, and I need you to do me a couple of favors. First, could you get that blueberry that rolled under the fridge last week? It's throwing my feng shui off. Second thing, bundle your home and car insurance with GEICO. It's easy, and we could save money. Lastly, I know you were thinking of painting the nursery back to off-white, but I'm actually feeling this baby blue. Didn't think it was my color, but I am pulling it off. GEICO. For bundling made easy, go to GEICO.com today. It's your home speaking, and I need you to do me a couple of favors. First, could you get that blueberry that rolled under the fridge last week? It's throwing my feng shui off. Second thing, bundle your home and car insurance with GEICO. It's easy, and we could save money. Lastly, I know you were thinking of painting the nursery back to off-white, but I'm actually feeling this baby blue. Didn't think it was my color, but I am pulling it off. GEICO. For bundling made easy, go to GEICO.com today. Yeah, and again, you you have nobody to blame but yourselves. Over the last week, you have lost four games to the San Diego Padres and the Cincinnati Reds. That's that's why you are where you are. I mean, I mean, there's no two ways about it, and it's just very frustrating. I think you're right, Brendan. Like, it's it's we're still in that weird spot because again, like right now, you know, the the a playoff spot, a division title, are all not out of the question, not even in the least, right? Like they're they're very attainable, but to not be able to take care of business against bad teams on this stretch, especially at home, is just a killer, man. And as we always say, like now you leave so little room for error. So now going forward in these remaining games, if baseball stuff happens, right? Like it's a game of inches, the ball is fair by a foot ball gets Which over the did. fence. And Sonny Greg Schwarber's double right. was an inch away from right. going into the basket, and that could have been the difference right there. You have zero margin for error. You have to be perfect every single inning. Right, like Dexter Fowler in that game today against the Nationals robs oh, a home run by two inches. Like this Not is even. the stuff that now there is. You need all of this to go your way, right? You need to play good baseball, and you need all of these little bounces, all of these little things to go your way. And it's it's a tall order because again, like the Cardinals are playing pretty good baseball. You know, they they were that Ryan Braun grand slam away from winning that series with the Brewers. They beat Scherzer and Strasburg in this Washington series because, of course, they do. Of course. And (laughs) it's it's not going to be an easy task to beat this team. They're they're playing well. You're going to face some good pitching at points in this series, and it's it's not going to be an easy task. And I think at, at times with this group, we've. And now, granted, they've paid this off more often than not, but but so many times with this group, it it feels like a, well, there's still time. They'll get it going, you know, eventually type vibe. And you're, games away. you're running out of runway. Yeah, yeah. Th- there's not a lot of runway for this. So, yeah. I don't know, man. It was yeah, just... I don't, know, uh, <laughs> I don't get it, man. Yeah, a, a very frustrating series. It's been a frustrating week, and I really thought that with the way these first four games of this homestand went, I, I really thought that we were going to see a nice little run here they for this team. They suckered us right back in because of yeah, course and, 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 that's and, you know, what kind happens. of like let the chips fall where they may, right? Like if the Brewers yeah. get on a heater here, it is what it is. If you take care of business against the Cardinals, but it's not enough, you know, it, it, so be it. We're already in this spot you're kind of just taking the landscape as it is but to be dropping games to the Reds at home and that series with the Padres where you threw a couple games away it's it's frustrating and I think at times you know it's difficult to just 
rely on them kicking it into gear when they need it to because yeah. I I then where was it tonight I, you know I, I I just don't know so I, I did want to ask you Brendan I, I think one of the big topics on social media at least from what I was perusing was the bullpen usage tonight and we've I hope made it very clear that when you do such a piss poor job against Tyler Malley I'm definitely not looking at Joe Madden in the bullpen trying to figure out why they didn't win the game. I'm looking at the offense and trying to figure out why you can't hit a guy that everybody else in the league seems to hit, which unfortunately is an all too familiar question for this Cubs team. But I do want to talk just about the bullpen stuff, obviously pulling John Lester early, using Pedro Strope in the situation that he did, and just some of the other decisions that went on on Wednesday. Did you take any issue with anything that Joe did? Did you want him to do anything differently? What, what did you see out there? The only criticism I had was maybe using Kyle Ryan earlier instead of Strope. Madden loves the matchups. He likes using the lefty-lefty, ratty-ratty, Strope. He was available, unlike Kinsler dealing with that oblique injury, unlike uh, Cizek, who was out for pitching multiple days. So really, there's no one else to use in that seventh inning. The, again, the only criticism I had of this day, of that Wednesday game, was maybe not going to Ryan to start the inning. That's it. Other than that, I thought Joe did a fine job. I agreed with pulling Lester early. I agreed going to uh, Rowan Wick in that situation, of course. I agreed going to David Phelps in that situation. But after those guys pitched, after Chatwood pitched to go into extras, who else do you have, Corey? I mean, this is this is what we're talking about, where the bullpen has been really good in the past few weeks. They've been among the best in terms of run prevention for quite a bit of time now. And that is to Tommy Hadevi's credit. To, to some degree, Joe Madden managing these guys in situations. So it's not as if we're throwing that out of the water. There is still, you know, there's a lot of positivity, even though it's hard to accept that right now. But nevertheless, when the season goes down the line and we're 10 games away, and now Kimbrell is still trying to get his way back, and Seja coming back from an injury, not even being able to go multiple days, and at times not looking like his normal self, then eventually that catches up to you and you can't sustain this level of production. But in terms of Joe Madden's usage in Wednesday's game, we're nitpicking. And I hate playing this game, Corey. Like, if this is one of my biggest pet peeves. Who is to blame the most for losing this game? Well, this is a team effort across the board. It's the offense, I think, pretty But I mean, like, tonight. you know, we try to figure this out. Is it Theo? Is it Joe? Is it the bullpen? Is it the offense? You know what? This is a systematic disappointment. Yeah. And I'm, it's not even, like, to a degree, it's not even worth discussing, dude. Like, everyone is at fault for where they are at this well, point. Well, and this was, just such a, this was just such a 2019 Cubs loss. It just felt like there were elements in this game. And how many times have we said that, though? This right, is a, a 2019 lot. loss. Yeah, unfortunately. And that, unfortunately, and that's, that's the problem because you know that these losses are familiar and you know these losses are familiar because we were scared these losses would happen seven months ago and they're happening Corey yeah uh, I I I want to read a a tweet from friend of the podcast Randall J Sanders who's an excellent Twitter follow and I, I I just thought this kind of summed it up and he said that's such a 2019 sequence in such a 2019 inning talking about the inning the Reds score off of Norwood. Two quick outs and three batters later, you're burned by three guys who shouldn't be giving a competent pitcher any trouble. <laughs> and it it really felt like that. It, it you know, they get they get two quick outs there and then you've got a wild pitch getting a guy in scoring position and the whole thing just unravels to the point that you're finding yourself losing the game to who was it Alex Blandino is that who drove in the oh no it I was uh, Alex Blandino tied the or gave them the 2 to 1 lead Jose Iglesias yeah. gave them the yeah the, the so, minor you know, league Jose deal Jose Iglesias he, Jose Iglesias who came into the game with like a, a sub 700 OPS and then these are the guys that you're trying to figure out how to get out and why they're beating you and trying to ruin your season so it's it's just a frustrating spot. I mean, I'm not really sure 
how else to phrase that. You, you've yeah. just seen this too many times where they, they can't get the big hit. They can't do good work against a bad pitcher. We're playing this blame game with Joe and the bullpen and the front office. And it it's just a, such a familiar tale. I, I always use this phrase for different reasons, but I, I've seen this movie before. And tonight yeah. it ended just like it always does with some you know, dumb loss that we're all going to look back on in two weeks and say, well, would have been nice if they had won that one or would have been nice if they had won that one or that one or that one or that, <laughs> you know, right? Like <laughs> I could go on for, yeah. for a while. Dozens. So it, uh, yeah, going back to the bullpen stuff, I, I'm with you. I, look, I, I've said many times I would take a bullet for Pedro Strope, but <laughs> I don't think he should have been in in that spot. I know guys are hurt. I know that, you know, you had Rowan Wick throw two innings on Monday. You've had a lot of these guys used an awful lot, but I don't think he should have been in there. It wasn't really his fault. It was a couple, uh, I think, you know, kind of soft uh, hits that get through and and start that situation when Kyle Ryan came in and ultimately gives up the sack fly. But I think in that spot, you, you should just be going to Ryan there and try to move the game along with your best relievers for as long as you possibly can. Uh, but to a degree, I, I suppose I understand what Joe is doing there. I, the only other thing that I might have questioned, and I was at the game, so pardon me if I wasn't paying attention or if I'm just missing something, uh, but I, I wouldn't have hated seeing Chatwood double switched into the game uh, so that he was able to stay in the game and not have to get pinch hit for immediately. Yeah, I can he, see that. He's been good, and he's someone who can give you length. So in a game where you're kind of waiting around for your offense to do something, I might have tried to see what we could get out of him. I mean, he was he was literally touching 99 at the Wrigley Field scoreboard. I don't know what it said on TV. It was but, the highest one-game average of his career. Court. Yeah, I mean, he was pumping gas, and he I mean, looked absolute great. absolute gas, yeah. And, you know, so then you, you take him out, you've gotten rid of one of your long men, and now you are going to go to Wick. And again, he pitched two innings on Monday, I believe. And so you're not going to be able to get more than an inning out of him. And, you know, now you're, you're sort of deliberately shortening that bullpen. And that's why you see guys like Derek Holland and Norwood and Underwood have to come into the game. So again, though, like I know Joe's in a tough spot. You don't have Kinsler, you don't have Kimbrell, and the bullpen wasn't well constructed to begin with at the beginning of the season and throughout the season. So this has been a, a constant problem. But unfortunately, when you have losses like this, the only thing to do kind of sometimes is pick them apart and, and try to find those moments where you could have done something differently and could have done something better. But I, again, like I, I really have a difficult time blaming the pitching staff or Joe for a game where the Cubs offense puts up two runs where, uh, you know, Tyler Malley is, is the starter. You had Romano come into the game who has not been good for them out of the bullpen. Stevenson has been, I think, all right, like, you know, pretty good at times, but still, you know, you, you, you need to do better work against these guys. Um, instead of asking your your pitching staff to shut down a Reds offense that has some some really good hitters in it for ten innings, you know, yeah. I, I I just have a tough time laying that at their feet. Uh, even if I do think that some things could have been done differently, and I didn't necessarily disagree with even taking John out. That was a dangerous spot for him. I was a little worried that John was going to get into a fight with Joe because even from my seats, which are pretty far back <laughs> from the mound, you, you could see the the steam coming out of John's there, there ears. was no eye contact from John yeah. to Joe. He's like, do not even look at me, Joe. Yeah. I mean, even from, from where I sit, you could kind of tell that John was like, you have got to be kidding me. You better yeah. not be coming out here to talk to me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, I, I just think it's, you know, and, and again, like, I don't I don't want to like make this the the Cubs couldn't hit Tyler Malley episode but you just don't have a choice guys like this is where you have played yourself when you're competing for a 88 to 90 win division or whatever it's going to be these are the things you have to do and uh, unfortunately we have not seen the two teams, at least in the division that you're competing with, like the, the Cardinals and Brewers are not losing a lot of games like this. You know, they're taking care of business in a much stronger way than the Cubs, obviously, with the way the, the standings are playing out. And this is, you know, I think it's fair to be a, a little upset about this. And it's a shame because, again, like 
that Monday win was a nice win. They come out and they score three early in the top, uh, bottom of the first of that game, and you know the Reds pull it to three to two, but the, the Cubs pull themselves away, have a nice eight to two win, and you're ready to hand the ball to you, Darvish, for that game on Tuesday, and John Lester, you know, in in a in a big spot in a must win game, and he was good in this game as he usually is when the Cubs need him to perform well. And the offense just can't get it done. Two runs in in as many games, uh, or two runs on each day for the Cubs on Tuesday and Wednesday. And that is why we are where we are. So I I don't know, man. It's uh this I mean, team it sucks. Is, is quite the roller coaster, is 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 really all it is. Like just when you think that they can turn a corner and put something together they they just don't seem to be able to do it for the the sustained period that that we really need them to and that they've kind of played themselves into needing to do so it's it's about these Cardinals games. I mean, you've got 10 games left. You've got seven of them with the St. Louis Cardinals. You're going to need to figure out a way to show up and after a game like Wednesday, I know it's hard to figure that but we have seen this team at times play down to competition and then they show up when the going gets tough I guess and that's they they have no choice I mean you really have no choice you've played yourself into a situation where you need to give a good effort in these four games against the Cardinals otherwise you're going to be in real trouble here yeah and it's an important distinction too like when I want to make this clear when you and I express frustration it's not like, hey, why aren't you, you know, hitting more home runs? It's not like that. Like you, if you listen to these players' post-game interviews, they're expressing disappointment as well. I mean, quite literally, Corey, the president of baseball operations goes on the radio and says his team, which he constructed, is playing uninspiring baseball. Yeah, kind of blasting the team. So, like when we when we do this, like I love almost everyone on this team i like we really do and i really admire how wilson Contreras worked his way back from the hamstring injury blasted a home run tonight love the adjustment schwarber made love that rizzo's trying his hardest Corey, to get back from an ankle injury that might take a month and a half to get back from love what kimbrell's trying to do right there's so many different examples chris bryant playing through what's clearly a bum knee, taking cortisone shots, winning player of the week as a result. Like these guys are trying so damn hard, but falling short for reasons that are some obvious in terms of roster construction, but other reasons that are still escaping us. Like why is this happening? Why does your team, which has a run differential almost 140 runs greater than that of Milwaukee, why are you tied in the wild card race? Like there's some explanations that make sense and there's others that you have no idea what's going on. And those are kind of where my attention is directed right now. Like how did how did we get here? And so I think that's an important distinction. Like, of course, in these 10 games, you know, you and I are gonna be on the edge of our seats. Of course, cheering these guys on, giving as much energy as possible. I mean, you're, you go to every game, Corey, every single game. So it's not anger or disappointment at efforts, even though we say, oh, it's a poor effort. What we really mean is like, how on earth in that stage could that happen? How can Tyler Malley shut you down like that? And that's where the frustration lies. And it's disappointing. It's hard to go right back into another game knowing that you could be two games back of St. Louis going into the last seven of 10 against that same team with a real opportunity to win and take back that division. And just, it just sucks to go back into the series, now down three games after you just put up, what was it, 45 runs or whatever the hell it was in that three-game set against Pittsburgh. And you get one hit off of Tyler Malley, and that's been a story for three years. It's the inconsistent offense. Sahad of Sharma of the Athletic pointed this out even last year, looking at the run distribution of the Cubs and how they had some of the most one, two, three run games and some of the most eight, nine, and 10 run games as well. So for some reason, this team is inconsistent, whether that's scouting, whether that's actual personnel, whatever, I have no idea, but that's where the frustration is because there are no clear answers. And that is hard to accept at times like it is right now. Yeah, 
Uh, it, it's never a question of effort in a sense of are these guys trying. What we mean by effort is you need to figure out a way to put better at-bats together against someone like Tyler Maley. You need to figure out how to be making better contact, how to do all these things better so that the results are better. It's It's not are these guys trying. Of course not. But it's frustrating. I, I don't know. I, I think that's all I have on on this Red Series. I think we have to look forward to this Cardinal Series. And it, it's, you know, again, Brennan, it's a shame because there are some individual things that we were really hoping to be able to highlight. Uh, and it just doesn't feel as exciting as it would have had they, you know, just been able to win one of these last two games. And you look at someone like Kyle Schwarber, who hits yeah. a the go-ahead and ultimately you know, game-winning home run in the first inning of that game on Monday, a three-run shot to get that night going. You have him go, what, three for four with two RBIs uh, in that game that Sonny Gray started, seemingly the only person in the Cubs offense really trying to participate in that game. And it would have been nice to be able to discuss him and, and his continued adjustments, the continued amount that he is going to center in the opposite field with a lot of these balls, because I think it's an extremely important development going on in this Cubs system that Kyle Schwarber is is really making those adjustments and evolving into a different player and, and uh, you know, kind of that player that we've all hoped he could be. Um, but it just gets overshadowed and, and it's hard to, it's hard for it not to get overshadowed. And, you know, Brendan and I always talk about like, I don't, it's hard for us to even get a read on, you know, which direction you guys want us to go in, in a, in a series like this, because I, I follow a lot of you guys on Twitter. I interact with a lot of you guys on Twitter and I see that frustration from everybody. And I think we're all kind of scratching our heads as to why this team has been so inconsistent and why we see games and, and performances like this. On, on such a, a regular basis. So I, I wish I had the answer for you. But again, like, let's take a look at the lay of the land here, because regardless of how frustrating that series was, the beat goes on, and we have 10 games left in this season, and it's going to be down to the wire. So the NL Central will come down to one of the Cardinals, Cubs, or Brewers. The Cardinals sit in first place. They are three games ahead of the Cubs and Brewers, who are tied, obviously. And seven of those games, as I've said a thousand times, will be against the Chicago Cubs, starting with four on Thursday in Wrigley Field. As far as the wild card is concerned, the Cubs sit one and a half games behind the Washington Nationals. The Cubs and Brewers are tied for that second wild card spot. The Phillies and the Mets are three games out, and the Diamondbacks are four and a half games out. So that is where things sit. The Cubs, again, will play the seven with the Cardinals, and then they have three with the Pittsburgh Pirates. So this is where we are, folks. This is the the lay of the land. This is what we are going to try to wade our way through. And Brendan, you have to turn it around, and you have to turn it around quick. Um... I think, you know, again, the the Cardinals are are probably coming in here riding a little bit of a high. That was a very good series for them against a tough Nationals team and against a tough rotation for the Nationals with with the guys that they were lined up against. So for them to be able to take two of three there is a big series for them. And they are going to be looking to put you out of reach here. So you got to turn this thing around on Friday. And there's really not a lot of room for error here because you are kind of fighting this battle at multiple ends. Uh, Again, the Brewers are not going to be playing good teams for the remainder of the season. So they are going to continue breathing down your neck and trying for that final wild card spot. And like I just read, you know, you're going to have teams like the Phillies and the Mets, etc., like still trying to sneak their way in there. So even if the Brewers or the Cubs are not able to do it, like there's still teams, you know, trying to get in there and, and they're going to put their, their best effort to make that happen. But the Brewers have one more with the San Diego 
Padres on Thursday, and then they will be playing the Pittsburgh Pirates at home while the Cubs and Cardinals do battle together. So listen, I don't think I have to tell you guys, I would expect nothing from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, They are an absolute mess at the moment, and yeah, I would not be counting on them to do very much in the way of helping you, so you're going to have to do your job here, and it's going to start, you're going to have to turn it around quick because you're going up against Flaherty on Thursday night. It'll be Hendricks for the Cubs. Jesus Christ. So, you know, you're getting their best. You're getting a guy who's been incredible in this second half, putting together an extremely good season for the St. Louis Cardinals and you you got to kick it into gear here. So as as we've been saying, like I am not going to write off a team that has a chance to make the playoffs. And I'm not naive. I've watched all these games. I've talked with you guys about all of these games. I'm not naive at how this team has played and how much of a of an ask it might be for this team to get hot and and play well at the right time and expect that that's going to happen but the chance is there and until it is mathematically impossible (laughs) I'm you know we're going to be here trying to get in the playoffs trying to win the division and it it doesn't really matter how ugly the path is if you can pull it off Uh, but they're going to need to show up tomorrow and as as Joe says all the time, throw that Cincinnati series in what is a grossly overflowed trash can. I mean, just health code violation all over the place with how disgusting that trash can is throughout the season with how many losses have been tossed in there. But you're going to have to turn it around quick because Flaherty's no joke. And this Cardinals team is going to be, you know, you'd have to think that they're sitting with 10 games left, three games ahead of the two teams chasing them. They must be smelling blood in the water. And they know that this path runs through them. And so you're going to have to change that plan for them. If there is one encouraging sign or one thing that gives you confidence that the Cubs can do this, and I know it's hard to search and try to find that one player or that one thing, but what is that for you, Corey? For me, I'll start it off. It's Kyle Schwarber. What he's done for the last two months has been exceptional. We're talking about sustainable production at a top tier level, hopefully going into next year or throughout next year due to the changes to his uh, batting stance, to the pre-pitch movement, to going to the opposite field with with authority more, to him saying that he wants to adopt Rizzo's two-strike approach. That for me gives me confidence that, you know, in 10 games, anything can happen, but just the way that he's looked over the last two months, and especially over the last two weeks, having a bat in the middle of the order like that gives me confidence. I mean, any any other player, or maybe it's just Schwarber in particular, what is going to give you confidence when you wake up on Thursday morning and to watch this Cubs-Cardinals games, and when you see that one thing or that one player come up to bat, who is it? I mean, it, I, I think Schwarber is definitely the, the the person at the moment, but just to give a different answer, I mean, as long as Nick Castellanos is still a Chicago Cub, I, it gives me confidence. The guy at, at a lot of times in some of these games seems to be like really doing his best to put the team on, on his back. Uh, and, you know, sometimes it, it doesn't happen that way, but he's still been a major spark club. He, he puts together really good at bats the majority of the time. And I think when you have a player like that and the energy that he's brought, it 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 gives them a boost. And I, I hope that KB didn't have a good couple games here to end this Cincinnati series, uh, but obviously was hitting the ball really well in that Pittsburgh series. So you hope that that he's still feeling well and is able to uh, give a you know a hundred percent health wise for this this St. Louis series. Not he's not a hundred percent health wise, but just in yeah. terms of whether that's hampering his play, I guess is what I meant. Um, and I I, st- I still continue to be quite impressed at Nico Horner. I, I know you know he goes. Uh, 0 for 4 in that last game against the Reds, but the at-bat that he put together against Iglesias, I, I thought was pretty impressive, and you know, it ends in a line-out to right field, of course. I thought that the, was dropping, too. Yeah, of course the fielder is standing right there, because yeah, teams other than the Cubs position their defense pretty well, uh, but 
it was an impressive at bat. Iglesias is really tough. He's got some nasty stuff. Uh, that's a tough matchup, righty on righty. And you know, for a guy who's 22 years old stepping into this situation, that is not an easy task with the weight of the Wrigley Field faithful kind of bearing down upon you. So I, I was impressed that he was able to put that at bat together. I, I, I admittedly did not have a lot of confidence in that at bat. He took a pretty ugly swing early in that at bat to start it. And for him to stay composed there and put a good swing on the ball, make some good contact that with different outfield positioning might have tied that game, I think is really impressive. And we've said since he's come up that a lot of this is going to be very valuable, not just for the 2019 team, but for him going forward and for the Cubs going forward. And I think this experience has really shown us a lot. And he's he's been very impressive. And so I, I think that that's been a, a definite bright spot uh, of what's going on. And I do also want to give a, a proper amount of credit. We've done it a good amount throughout the year, but I, I got to throw out there again, man, like Victor Caratini has been a, a really important piece for this team in 2019. And the you look at the way that he has, he filled in at first base tonight and he made some really nice plays. Uh, yeah. He had a good stretch on a ball that was a close play late in this game that you know they, they, they needed every inch of to make sure that they got that out. He turned that double play uh, on the ball, hit down the line earlier in the game, which that's a tough play for a guy that isn't a first baseman to field that ball, step on first, make a good throw to second to be able to get the tag out after you've stepped on first. That's a difficult play. And for him to be able to move back and forth between catching and playing first base like that is is really important. And with, with the injuries that they've had, Contreras missing time, Rizzo now missing time, and Caratini doing all of this when he himself missed time uh, with the hand injury earlier in the year is is really impressive. And, and I think that he deserves a lot of credit for the role that he has played and the job that he's done stepping into some of these roles. So yeah, um, it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an it's gonna be a weekend, Brendan. I I'm I was sitting at the game tonight and you know kind of already preemptively nervous for the game starting this weekend. I was hoping that the Cubs would win tonight and that would kind of alleviate some of them, but. This is the baseball we sign up for, folks. This is September I, baseball. I, I didn't sign up for this one. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I just meant like games in September that count and carry weight. But yeah, no, we didn't sign up for this type of. This exactly is like my biggest nightmare for this year is yeah. like going down the stretch without Javi Baez and Chris Bryant being injured and Anthony Rizzo being out and the bullpen in shambles. Eh, not really in shambles, but you get what I mean. This yeah. is like my worst case scenario. So it sucks, but you know what? A playoff spot. Is right you there. Press on. Yeah. You got to press on. You're, what are you, a game and a half back of Washington. So you still want to look out there, and they haven't been playing that well either. So at the very least, you're, you have a shot, right? Like, even if Washington starts to lose and Milwaukee sustains their pace, okay, then you have Milwaukee and you have the Cubs in a wild card game. Does that suck? Absolutely. Will I take it at this point? I, I will take it at this point. It's just how, how it works. But going back to that Victor Caratini point, on the year, numbers are phenomenal. Batting 274, he's got 10 home runs and 251 plate appearances. He has a WRC plus of 112, a WOBA of 346. He has been worth 1.5 war. If you scale that down to 500 plate appearances, then of course that is 3 war. That is a well above league average player at a pre-arbitration price as your backup catcher, Corey, which is even more impressive. So at least, yeah, I mean, like you, it's it's hard to bring about and think of the all the encouraging signs and the players. I mean, even Victor was not even on my mind this tonight, even though he's been so good. Gave the Cubs another opportunity with that double down the left field line, stranded in, in scoring position because, of course, that's how it works. But yeah, Victor has been phenomenal. Nico has been absolutely insane. He has a Woba of 360. He, I mean, even before tonight's game, after being screwed by some of these defensive plays, his Woba was like around 410, 420. He's been absolutely insane, making great defensive plays out there, filling in for Javi at an exceptional level. So, as much anger we have, disappointment, sadness, if you will, 
there are still good signs. And I think those types of signs can carry this team for 10 games if they continue to play at this pace. And I think at this point, that's all you can really ask for. Keep all your entertainment options centered with Xfinity X1. Access live TV, Netflix, and now Hulu and Peacock. Ah, streaming zen. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today. Restrictions apply. Netflix, Hulu, and Peacock memberships required. Did you know Geico's now offering an extra 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies? That's 15% on top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Your baby to let you sleep in? <laughs> what? We could sleep in another half hour? Thanks, sweetheart. And you'll change yourself, too? There's never been a better time to switch to GEICO. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Limitations apply. Visit GEICO.com for details. Yeah, so you should be getting Craig Kimbrell back at some point over this weekend. Hopefully he is as healthy as he can be and at least someone that Joe can rely on. Hopefully Kinsler is able to get back. He's dealing with a little bit of an injury himself. And you, you have a little more... They do expect Kinsler to be activated this weekend as well. So, or yeah, not so activated, hopefully but, you, know, you have a couple of guys that have done some good work for you in high leverage innings and you can kind of give Joe a few more options there. And again, like they need to, they need to go on a heater, folks. I mean, that's that's all it is. They need to play their best baseball of the entire season over these next ten days. That is what they have boiled it down to. That is the situation that they have kind of created for themselves. They have made this bed, and they are going to have to lie in it if ultimately things don't work out. But again, you you boil it all down, and you have to look at it as there are ten games left. They can win the division. They they have the ability to control that, and they can get into the playoffs, and that is what you have to focus on. And I, I think that the frustration that we expressed in a lot of these episodes, and certainly tonight, goes back to what we've been saying all year, that, that you know, obviously now you've got a lot of injuries, and, you know, this team is in a different place than a month ago or, you know, however long ago, but... The the frustration stems from just believing that this group, at least from the beginning of the year, should have been better than this. And they should have been better than to be in this situation and to need to win certain games like this and to need to play exceptional baseball over this 10-game stretch. I I think we all genuinely believe that they should have been better than that as they were constructed. And a a lot of us, I think most of us, believe they should have been constructed a little better to ensure that. Um, So that's, I think, you know, where that frustration comes from. But you, you've got no choice. If, if Well, perhaps you have a choice. If you want to write this team off and you want to say that they're done and they suck and, and you're already plotting your list of who should be traded and fired and extended, whatever, that's your choice. You can do whatever you want as a fan. But th- these playoff spots are still there. And even if you're looking at this going, I don't care if they make the playoffs, they're just going to get knocked out by the Braves. Or they're just going to get knocked out by the Dodgers, whatever. So be it. But for me, I will go through that. I want them to make the playoffs. I want them to make the wild card. I want them to win the division until there's no chance for them to do that. And there, there's no wavering in that. There's no question in my mind ever that that is how I approach this. You want them to get in the playoffs no matter what, no matter what the path is, no matter how ugly it is, no matter what your confidence level is. The goal is to make the playoffs and give yourself a chance. And they, they have that opportunity and they've got to figure out a way to come together and and do it. These are the last four games at Wrigley Field uh, for the 2019 regular season. And if this is the last time that I see this team in person in 2019, you can take to the bank, folks. I will give every bit of energy that I have. I will be at every game this weekend. I will be standing at every opportunity. I will be clapping. I will be cheering. I will be yelling. I will be with this team until there is no team (laughs) left to be with, right? So that's just how I am. I think that's how Brendan is. If, if that's not how you approach it, that's not how you approach it. We, we all go through this differently. The, the, the Cubs occupy a different space in all of our lives. We, we all, I think, experience this in different ways. So I don't think that there is necessarily a right way or a wrong way to be a fan or to go about this. Uh, but for our money on the Cubs-related podcast, I believe uh, if the Cubs have a chance to make the playoffs, we are going to be rooting for them to make the playoffs, and we are going to be living and dying with every pitch 
until they either do or until it's not possible anymore. Let's preview this last four game set at Wrigley Field. So the Cubs will welcome St. Louis on Thursday for a 6.15 p.m. Central start time. Jack Flaherty on the mound for the Cardinals, 10 and 8 with a 3.05 ERA. He's been one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball in the second half and all of this year. He'll be facing Kyle Hendricks on the mound, who has been pretty good himself, 11 and 9 record, a 3.26 ERA on Friday through Sunday, all day games. Your typical 1.20 p.m. Central start time. Michael Waka on the mound for this one, 6 and 7, a 4.76 ERA. Jose Quintana on the mound for the Cubs, a 13 and 8 record, a 4.37 ERA on Saturday. That afternoon start time, we have Dakota Hudson on the mound for St. Louis, a 16-7 record, a 3.35 ERA. Cole Hamels on the mound, a 7-7 record, a 3.92 ERA. To finish off this four-game set, we have Miles Mikolas on the mound, a 9-14 record, a 4.29 ERA. He'll be facing... Uh, right now, the Cubs ace, U Darvish, on the mound, who is 6-7, a 4.02 ERA. Again, the Cubs, three games back of the Cardinals. They are tied with Milwaukee for the wild card lead in that second spot. They are a game and a half back of Washington. I mean, it's as simple as that, guys. Nothing to look for this series other than winning. We can put stock in different uh, bullpen trends, usage. Of course, you want to see Kinsler back out there. Kimbrell will be back there at some point, so check on whether he'll be activated maybe you know, maybe before Thursday's game, but I doubt it, probably Friday or Saturday, and see how Steve Cizek responds after getting the day off, see how Rowan Wick is used, Kyle Ryan, they've been used quite a bit. Other than that, I mean, you can expect to see Castellanos in there, batting second or third, Schwarber up top, Horner every day, Zobers in there frequently, and that's it. You got to go out there and you got to take care of business. At the very least, Corey, at the very least, which this is the part that kills me, and it's going to make me lose my mind when I wake up tomorrow. You've got to win three or four against Cardinals here. You 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 just gotta do it. If you win three or four, you're still only you're still one game back. And that that might be, you know, unrealistic even if you are one game back. But you gotta win at least three or four in my mind to have a chance that you're comfortable with going into Pittsburgh and then going into St. Louis in that last series. Yeah, it's it, it's pretty simple. I mean, you just got to win. We keep saying that, and they didn't get the memo in this Red Series. I thought we were pretty clear the about that. The wrong address we sent it. I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know who we sent that to, but it just didn't get across. But you've got to just win. And and again, like, I'll just the, the whole thing of this is, right, like, Brendan and I love the Chicago Cubs, just like all of you. And it kills me. I can't explain how much it kills me to watch them play like they did on Wednesday night in a game that they really needed to win and to just watch them suffer like that. It it kills me. So I I just want them to play better baseball. I, I just want them to put up a fight here against the Cardinals, go on a run and try to win this division. And that's all it comes down to. I don't care what the lineup is. I, I don't have the energy for that anymore. Whoever's out there wearing that Cubs logo across their chest, I, I, I just want them to win. I just want them to give the Cardinals a fight for this division because it is still attainable. A playoff spot is still attainable and you have to figure out a way to win. But other than that, I don't think we have anything for you. I got to be honest with you folks. If you listened to even part of this podcast, although I guess you probably listen to all of it if you're even hearing this part. Uh, but we really appreciate it. I know that sometimes the the, the last thing some of us want to do is break down these games even more after sitting through them. I, I, it's, you know, again, like I think games like Wednesday really hurt a lot of us emotionally, mentally. We we put a lot into this team and, and games like that really take a toll and they hurt. They hurt. So I get it, and we appreciate you guys tuning in with us and going through this process with us. I, your, your listenership really means a lot to us. Your support means a lot, and we thank you for that. But other than that, uh, we will talk to you after the Cubs and Cardinals finish the Wrigley Field slate for 2019. I desperately hope 
that the tone of Sunday's podcast or Monday morning's podcast, what have you, is a better one. And I hope that we are able to send the boys off on that final road trip on a high note, fly the W at Wrigley Field four more times in 2019, at least three, though. That would be fine. And then we will get ready for what should be a wild final week of baseball. But however it goes, we will be back with you uh, late Sunday night, Monday morning, when you'll probably hear it. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and whether we are frustrated as all get out or we are loving what the Cubs are doing, wherever you may find us, we will always end by saying, Go Cubs! Geico gets you access to licensed agents 24-7, which means that Geico is always there for you. If only everyone was always there for you. Like your mom, when you fill out really, really important paperwork on the first day of a new job. Name, check, birthday, social security, is that a thing? Hey, mom, what is my social security number? Mom, 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 okay, let's guess, uh, zero, zero, one, seven, oh, Gemini, hashtag, done. Geico, always there for you, with savings and 24-7 access to licensed agents. Kaiser is off the chain. Everything is in one place for you. Your x-ray will be done there. The doctor will see you there. The labs are there for you. And then the nurses that work with you at Kaiser, they make you feel so at home. They're there to meet your needs. I would not be alive today if I had not had Kaiser Permanente. I feel really, really great knowing there's a place that I can go to make sure that I can maintain good health on a regular basis. Every medical case is unique. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan, the Middle Atlantic States, 2101, East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852. Keep all your entertainment options centered with Xfinity X1. Access live TV, Netflix, and now Hulu and Peacock. Ah, streaming zen. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today. Restrictions apply. Netflix, Hulu, and Peacock memberships required. Keep your whole home running like clockwork. From the office to the game room with Xfinity Internet. You'll get the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.